my mindset had changed completely, essentially. And it's difficult to go through that, especially being someone who is a, who provides a service for people. Because to them, it's like, well, I'm trying to fucking, I'm trying to do this, you know, job with you, or I'm trying to do this with you, and I'm trying to do that with you. I, you know, I'm like, how would you, how come you're not dropping no shirts? How come you're not doing that? Like, and it's like, because I'm not doing it for you guys no more. You know what I mean? I'm doing it because I want to do it, and I need to do it because I want to do it. And if I don't want to do it, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's just point blank, period. And it sucks to think that way because essentially it's like sometimes you get to a point where, like, all right, well, you never thought you'd get to a point where nothing else mattered. But when you get to that point, it's like, what did I work hard for all these years? What was the point of that? You know what I mean? Like, well, what, what, what really is the point of that? Mm-hmm. If the shit that mattered to you are going to be gone or, like, they're not going to be there no more type shit. Yeah. So when you get to that point and that realization, it's like uh, you don't want to be depressed, but you can't help it. This is Sad Boy Radio. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sad Boy Radio. I'm your host, Matt, and today we got a very special guest, you know, the creator of the hat that I always wear. So just because it's backwards, I'd be repping. I got it just because of the hearts. But go <laughs> go ahead and introduce yourself, bro. What's up, guys? Uh, my name is AK. Uh, my, well, actually, name is Aldrin. Everybody calls me AK. Um, I started in Title Chicago, the clothing brand. I also own Casa Sil Screening. Uh, I forgot to mention he made my sweaters. So that bunny you see all the time, he's the one that fucked it up. Nah, I'm there playing. <laughs> I'm playing. Nah, uh, if you ever need work, make sure you hit him up. Definitely some quality shit. I appreciate you, bro. Honestly, like that was my first merch, right? So I really appreciate you know you showing love and especially when I first met you. I literally met you the week after I had gotten the sweaters. Right. Yeah. So fucking, you know, I'm in the shop. And I just see the hearts in the hat, and I'm like, damn, I got to cop that shit. Love, bro, love. Before we get into it, guys, make sure you go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe. Today, we're going to be talking about a lot of shit. You know, he's another Los Desvelado. And on top of that, you know, there's just a lot of mental health shit that I think would be good for everybody here. So go ahead, drop a like, comment, subscribe. Getting into it, right? We're just going to hop into it. Why Entitled, bro? What inspired Entitled and the name exactly, right? So Entitled, originally, I used to always see everybody, you know, when you think of the word entitled, you just think, you know, a rich kid, somebody who got everything, right? And a part of my life, I kind of was just like, why the fuck don't I deserve that? Why the fuck don't I, like, why can't I have the same things? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it kind of dawned on me and it hit me and it was like, well, before me feeling like I should deserve these things, I got to feel like I actually deserve them. You know, like, it's a feeling. It's, like, almost like you're not really going to work towards something that you don't think you are. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. First, you got to believe it. So, to me, that's kind of what Entitled was. It was one of those things where it's, like, to promote your self-belief, to, to shit, create your own rules, no matter where you started, where you were. So, it's, like, I used to look at, you know, everything that I wanted in life, and I was like, you know what? I'm entitled to it, too. Mm-hmm. I'm entitled to the same shit that everybody else is entitled to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My take on it was, you know, because you dropped the I in it, right, entitled, I was like, the I is missing, so... Oh, when the, 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 
yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This was just me thinking, right? When I was writing that outline, I'm like, why the fuck did he choose the spelling of entitled, right? E-N-T-L-D. And I'm like, entitled? Well, he's missing the I, right? I'm not entitled because, you know, it could, it could be for a multiple, like, multiple reasons, right? Just like you said, you think of that spoiled rich white kid, right? That's not you. You're not from the, you know, the rich neighborhoods. But this is what I'm saying. This is what I think about it. Like, it's like, um... Why why do people go after their dreams, mm-hmm. right? Because in the most basic sense, they probably believe that they can actually achieve those dreams. Mm-hmm. Why do people in the hood stay in the hood all the time? Why do we stay doing the same shit that we do? Because in our subconscious level, we don't believe we don't actually believe we can do those things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And until you actually do believe that you can actually do those things, right? Then you're actually gonna make the attempt to try. And I think that was my biggest thing was it's like everybody I grew up around with, like my entire, damn near my entire family's immigrants. So it's like, I've seen, I've seen my family do fucking miracles. And I've seen people here with papers, with everything set for them, and they can't get out the fucking hood. They can't, they cannot figure it out for the life of them. So what do you think that roadblock is? It's because of the thought process, right? I mean, essentially, I, I look at it like, I look at my parents, right? They got here and they 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 believed already just getting here that this was the land they they were going to fucking flourish on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They wouldn't work so hard if they didn't think they would actually do it. You know, so so it's like it kind of got me thinking and I was just like, "Damn. Like how do I expect anybody else to want to, you know, work for something if they don't actually believe that they can actually get that?" You know, yeah. So that was the that was the entirety of entitled. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, I'm entitled too. Fuck it, I'm in, I'm yeah, entitled as fuck. You know. I fuck with that because you know I was literally just thinking about that too because I felt like I wasn't putting in enough work for a lot of the things that I want, right? And it's like nobody else can put in that work except for you, right? Nobody else can believe in you first until you believe in yourself, just like you're saying. And that's why I'm like, fuck, bro. Like, I, I got to be better about what I'm doing because at the end of the day, like, I'm the only one that's going to make it for me. Nobody else is going to fucking give me a handout. The next question I have for you was, what changes have you instilled into your brand that have reflected your own personal growth? As far as what, though? When you first start a brand, it's not perfect, right? You have its flaws. You have the beginning stages where it's like, I think this is raw. I think this is going to be the dopest thing out there. And then, you know... A week or two later, maybe a couple months down the line, you're like, damn, I don't fuck with that anymore. Let me go change it. I'll be honest, like, I'm, I'm sure, like, my my good homies probably know, but most people who buy the shit for my brand don't actually really know why I put out the shit that I do for my brand the way I do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, actually, this has been since day one, but since day one, it's been, I had a, I had a crew neck that said, like, face your fear. The whole collection was face your fear. Right, I wanted to make it look dope, presentable, you know, uh, aesthetically pleasing to the crowd and to the audience and to whoever was trying to buy it. But the message was there. The message was face your fear, right? A little while later, I did, you know, love yourself, right? What people don't realize is that everything that I put in my brand is essentially what I'm feeling in the moment. That's all it is. That's all it's ever been. You know what I mean? So I think with people 
buying things. They buy things and they're just like, oh, that's a cool design. I like that. Like, I like how this is and that. I never actually got into depth with, like, explaining to people why I did what I did, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, everything Everything has always had that message of what I'm what I'm going through in life in that moment. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? There was, a, there was a collection that I did that was, like, just emotionless. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, it was crazy. Like, literally, it just it said emotionless. You know, I you, got, you were going through it. I even got that shit tatted on me, bro. Damn. Like I got the whole. I, people don't even know, like that same font, that same everything that people had on their hats, on their shirts. I got that shit tatted on me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I think for me, entitled has been specifically outside of the, just the business. It's been me. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that I'm feeling, everything that I'm going through, everything that I'm. You know, um, dealing with in my life—that's that's what entitled this. The face your fear, right? Where did that come from? Like, where where are these emotions exactly coming from, right? What are the experiences that instill this? So we'll start with the face your fear, right? What situation instilled that? So face your fear was, be- essentially came because um, I had been screen printing at that time by like maybe a good seven years, six years, something like that. Um. I mean, my homie Dave. We started hanging out. We started we started just kicking it at the sh- at the shop. He'd come by, we'd print some stuff, boom, boom, boom. And then one day, you know, he had he had he has a clothing brand. So shout out to Slackers, clothing brand. Um, and one day, like we're just talking, and I was showing him designs, and some of these designs date back years. Mm-hmm. You know, like talking about years, bro. Mind you, I've been, my pops has been screen printing for more than 25 years. I've been in the game, like, printing myself since I was, like, 16, 17 years old. Like, full on. So, um, he was always just like, bro, you have a whole brand. Why don't you release these? And I was like, nah, I just do it for fun. I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really a clothing brand. I just help everybody else out. You know, I, I, I print for everybody else. And he was like, bro, you're literally sitting on hundreds of designs. Like, you're, just put it out. Just put it out. You don't have to do great. Just put it out. And after, you know, a couple months of him telling me that shit, I finally was like, damn, you know, I'm going to fuck it. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to put out my brand or some shit, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have no expectations of it or, like, no idea of where it was going to go. Um but essentially, that's why I cre- when I when I started creating it, the whole the whole the only thing I could think about was like, man, I gotta face my fear. I gotta I gotta, you know, I can't just hold on to this shit and not release it, just because I'm too afraid of what somebody might think of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's where face your fear came through. And it's crazy that you know you saying that, right? Because I recently listened to a podcast and it's like being afraid of what the reception will be, right? Being afraid right. of what maybe somebody else may say. It's like you can't really give a fuck about someone's opinion, right? And and somebody said that shit. They're like, like opinions. They shouldn't really fucking matter because it's like if you go buy a pair of pants or some shit. I'm giving you the story, right? The analogy they used, right? If you go buy a pair of pants, you're not gonna fucking take the pants off the rack and say like these pants suck. These are the worst pants ever, and then hang them back up. You're gonna go look for another pair of pants that fit you and are just right, right? So it's like, 
why do people hate on shit that's not for them? I think it's easy to criticize when it's something that you either have aspired to do, wanted to do, or think you can do better. Mm. You know, it's easy to criticize. It's easy to say something. You know, like I, I always look at it like, and mind you, I should know this because of business, but it's like when you're screen printing, right? People tell me, oh, why don't you just do this? You know, but it's almost like you're discrediting all the years I have with screen printing. I, if it was that easy, I would have done it. It's not, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not to sound rude or sound, you know, bogus or anything. But I tell you, I'm like, no, I can't. It's not. It's not that easy. Like I have to do this, and I can't do this because of this reason and this reason and this reason and this reason. And to them, it's just like, oh well, why don't you just, you know, like let's say you're missing something, like, or why don't you just buy it? Why don't you just do this? And it's like. You know, if I had the money, like if it was if it was that easy, I would. Like people don't really understand. It's it's easy to look from the outside in. It's hard to actually do it. And I think with a lot of people, especially when it comes to like starting clothing brands, because I'm this that's like my forte, right? So especially when starting clothing brands, I feel like people have this idea where it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna come up with a design, I'm gonna put it on a shirt, and then I'm gonna put it out, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And they don't even realize the amount of work that they just you know sign themselves up for. There's so much that goes into it, so much, mm-hmm. from production, from marketing, from just like promotion, detailing, like every every little aspect that you want to do. There's so much difference. They don't people don't know. You know, like it's like I tell people all at the same time. It's like printing a white shirt and printing a black shirt is completely different. Mm-hmm. It's a white canvas. It's a black canvas. Printing 300 shirts and printing one t-shirt completely different. But you know, it's crazy. It's like in screen printing, if I were to print 300 shirts, right, it takes me the same amount of time to set up to print 300 shirts as it takes me to print one shirt. So people say, oh, it's just one shirt. It's not just one shirt. You know how many hours I got to take to get everything ready to just print that one shirt? Mm-hmm. The same amount of time it takes me to set up 300 is going to take me to set up one. Some of these things I think you don't, you don't, we don't talk about it because it's like we know already. We, we know what the fuck we're doing. But that's why people criticize, because they don't know. Mm-hmm. They don't know what goes into the fucking work that we do. Mm-hmm. To them, it's just, you know, they just see it. They either like it or they don't. That's the thing with any type of art, right? Creative decisions, right? Let's call it creative decisions. Every time somebody makes a creative decision, somebody's going to have a question of, why'd you do that? Why didn't you do this, right? And just like you said, nobody really knows those countless hours that go into the work. No one knows the countless hours you spent trying to fucking learn the craft in general. So I get what you're saying, right? The discredit, like, damn, you're just, like, discrediting me as not only an artist, but as a professional, right? As somebody who does this for my job. I mean, it, you you get over it after a while. You, you start realizing that people's ignorance is not based on what they think of you, you know? It's just what they think of the situation or the actual, you know, process of it. Mm-hmm. And until they actually get into the process is when they start to realize all these things. That's when they realize, like, this shit's a lot harder than you would right. actually think. So for love yourself, why love yourself? Shit, because motherfucker, love yourself. Why wouldn't you love yourself? Did you hate yourself before or what? I don't think, I don't think anyone wants to just out there say it that they hate themselves but i think 
to a certain degree, there's a part of you or a part of each of us that we all kind of hate at some point in our lives or another. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a spot that nobody really wants to talk about because nobody really wants to go there. Nobody wants to admit that they that they don't they're not completely happy with themselves all the times. You know? And it's hard. It's like you know, okay, we get it, we're not perfect, but like why why don't I love myself to that point, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You choose to do certain things to avoid problems, to avoid feeling certain ways and this and that, you know? And um I think choosing to love yourself is a is a very very deep and conscious choice Mm -hmm. and it's something that's hard a lot harder than people think you know like people i think it's like all right yeah everyone knows you should love yourself right that's a fucking common thing everybody knows that but does everyone do that like every day do you wake up and be like i love myself Mm -hmm. and i promise you most people don't most people don't wake up and say, hey, I love myself today. There's, you know, I, I feel happy. That's not true. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just bringing like, light to all that shit. It's not, you know, like some people have very difficult lives, very tough time just waking up, just, just literally just waking up, just to just fucking wake up and get ready for whatever the fucking day has to come to, or to offer, you know? And to other people, it's just like, damn, bro, it's just the morning. You just woke up. It's like, no, people don't get it. Like, some people have a hard time just doing that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, it's a reminder. Do you feel like that was you? You feel like that was the position you were in? I think, to a certain extent, me, people that are people around me. Dealing with your mental health is one of the hardest things that you have to deal with, right? Especially when you're fighting those battles that nobody realizes, that nobody thinks about. I talk about this with um, my mom a lot of the times, right? Is because everybody is going through something and nobody really knows what that thing is. You just kind of have to assume, but the reality is, is nobody thinks about anybody else except themselves, right? We want to think that we're like perfect people and we think about people and, you know, we advocate for all these things, mental health, all these different things that seem like the right thing to advocate for in the public eye. Right. But a lot of the times people don't live by those standards. People don't live by what they preach. And that's why it's kind of hard to deal with mental health. It's because, like, you really don't know what the fuck I'm going through. You can't sit here and tell me, like. I'm okay when deep down I'm going through it. You don't feel okay. And that's the problem is a lot of people want to act like they can save you or they can save themselves when at the end of the day, like, that's not true, right? A lot of people just need help. A lot of people just need that person to say, like, it's okay. But not everybody does that, right? And that's why I think that that's so beautiful that you said, you know, love yourself, choose to love yourself because every day it is a battle, right? I've definitely had days where... There was a, I think it was like last year, low key, where I wouldn't be getting out of bed to like, I don't know, probably 12, right? That's not like late. No, it's late, bro. I mean, it's not like late, late, right? Some people don't get out of bed to like two, three, four, right? Because they're so down. Here's my thing is I would stay in bed and just be on my phone. Because you know, you you, you know yourself and you know that's late for you. Mm -hmm. Whether it be 12, whether it be 10, whether it be two, whether it be four, whether it be fucking whatever time it is. 
you know yourself and you know how that's not normal for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, it's hard to get other people to believe that. Mm-hmm. You know, I could sit there and be like, I don't feel okay. But people look at you and I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, you got money, you got food, you got a crib, you got everything you need, right? Mm-hmm. And you could, sit, you could sit there and be like, I'm still like, I don't feel okay. And they're gonna look at you like, well, that doesn't make sense. And how do you expect people to understand that? I don't think anybody wants to feel that way or chooses to feel that way, right? They just cannot help it. And they, I think, shit, if you were to tell somebody, man, if I could, if I were to choose to be happy, if you told me I could choose to be happy and I'd be happy right away, you think I wouldn't do that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just something you can't. I think it's just the, the, the perspective of like, all right, do I have hope that maybe I can be happy tomorrow? You know, mm-hmm. or did I lose all hope of being happy ever again? I think back to my conversation with Cool, right, where he says that, you know, man, that's one of my favorite too is when he's like, don't ever fucking ask me if I'm happy. Happy was ruined for me a long time ago. <laughs> Those are the words of somebody who's, you know, been hurt, of somebody who can't, can't feel that feeling anymore. And, you know, you could definitely find joy in a lot of things. But when you have those holes, we're going to get into that, right? When you have those holes of emptiness and those holes that aren't, can't be filled, they're they're unfillable. It's like, damn, like, there's nothing you could do, right? The reason I asked you that question about, like, what changes you've instilled in the brand as you continue to grow as a person, right? It's because your art changes with you. Your art grows with you. And that's the theme I've talked a lot about. Look at all these rappers when they first came into the game, right? Like J. Cole, Big Sean, Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar, yeah, sure, he was rapping about some social injustices, but he was also talking about his past and, like, more street shit, whereas now it's, like, more political. Let me be poetic with it, right? His delivery and everything. J. Cole, J. Cole did Power Trip, right? Then J. Cole transitioned to making a whole concept album on his friend who passed away. I think that the biggest example is Ed Sheeran, right? Ed Sheeran did an interview where he said that if I made the same music that I made 10 years ago, who's going to relate to that? The same age group that I made the music for in the first place? No, those those people that were fans of me, they've grown up too. When Ed Sheeran first came out, you know, he was singing about relationships, one night flings, and all these things that you go through in your early 20s. Now he's got a whole ass kid, so he's, ta- you know, singing about a kid and those life experiences of losing people in your life that are very important to you you know i always say this to people it's like everybody wants to be authentic Mm -hmm. right but authenticity is whatever you are you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like if this is what i'm going through in my life it doesn't matter if somebody else has also gone through the same shit in their life you know what i mean I'm I'm telling it to you in my perspective, in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And that people, I think, have this weird-ass conception where it's like, all right, well, you know, I don't want to copy him because he just did this, right? He did, a, he did something that has to do with this. You know, he made a design or a, music or a song or a fucking, you know, a shirt or some whatever fucking case, right? I don't want to do it because he did, he did it too, or he did it at the same time. What the fuck? What if you guys are both going through the same exact thing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
that doesn't that doesn't uh, devalue your authenticity to what you're feeling, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that people gravitate towards being able to, you know, connect with whoever or whatever they're buying or whatever they're trying to listen to, and it makes a very big impact. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I mean, when I did Love Yourself, bro, like I don't know if everybody else loved themselves. I wasn't. I was, I didn't give a fuck if anybody else did or not. You know, to me, it was like this is what I'm feeling. This is this is my art. I'm gonna put it out. Mm-hmm. You either liked it or you didn't like it. You know what I mean? And I think it's really easy to get caught up in, in the oh, I don't want to do that because somebody else just did that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's like they didn't do it like you would do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you got your own your own view, your own. You're your own person. That's what makes it authentic. Mm-hmm. Even if it is the same, essentially the same message. You know, you can't be afraid to put out that message because mm-hmm. maybe somebody understood it through them, but maybe you'll get somebody to understand it through you. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? Like not like it's like saying like, you know, I always look at it like this. Right. We all listen to music. Right. And why do we listen to one artist over another artist? And if you listen to the songs, it's like, damn, they're actually talking about the same damn thing. Same concept, same struggles that they grew up growing up, struggles that they did this, struggles with that, or whatever the case of the song is, right? But why does one person gravitate towards one song over the other? Because of the experience that they talk about. Yes, the way they're able to con- like to get it. Like the same thing with school, right? Like, you know, I might go to school and you might learn by fucking watching the teacher talk and lecture and shit like that, right? But I might not learn like that. Mm-hmm. I might learn by having a fucking, you know, drawing laid out for me. So it's just like, that doesn't make me any less smarter, you know what I mean? Or it doesn't make me dumber, it just makes me me. You know, like I learn like this, I get things like this, you get things like that. That doesn't make us any different besides the fact that it's like, you know, you get it your way, I get it my way. Yeah. So it's, it's essentially that's all it is, and I think that's why Especially, like, for me, me speaking on clothing brands, it's, it's that. You know, a lot of clothing brands have this idea where it's like, no, I have to be different, I have to be... But it's like, you're trying to be so different that you're not even being you. Mm-hmm. You're not being authentic to what you're going through, what you're feeling, what's what's real to you. Because, essentially, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. You can't bash on something that's real. So, with that being said, right, you know, as a... You're so much more than just a clothing brand, though, right? You're a painter. You do other shit as well artistically, right? Your art is obviously an expression of who you are, right? And it's an expression of the shit that you're going through. More so, is it medicine for you or a distraction? I would say my art is a release. Sometimes it is medicine. Sometimes it is a distraction. It depends on what I need in the moment. You know, I think... um, I've tried to force things where it's like, okay, I'm feeling some type of way, but I want to create art, but I can't. I just mentally can't. I can't fucking, you know, um, because I'm trying to use it as a coping mechanism, right? So then I realize, let me sit back. Then I'm going to sit back. I'll just start trying to create something random because I don't give a fuck. And then I realize, like, all right, cool, this is going to be my distraction for now, right? But that distraction is also a part of like what you're feeling because you need it. You know, I think it's like the same way people can sit there and, you know, okay, 
I know I need to be productive. I know I need to get certain things done in the house, right? But shit, dude, I just want to watch fucking TV. I just want to sit down and binge watch a fucking Netflix show and not think of anything else that has anything to do with whatever chores or responsibilities I have to do in the moment. But that's also authentic as fuck. Because that's who you are. You're being... You're, you're trying to have peace for a little bit, you know? You're trying to distract yourself, you know? And it might not be the person you want to be, but it's who you are in the moment, you know? And I think um, that's what I think for me, what, you know, my art has been is like, you know, there's days where, man, hell yeah, bro, I'm fucking, I, you know, I'm trying to, I feel this and I'm just like, boom, boom. I want I have ideas and I'll stop and there's are days where I'm just like I'm just bored as fuck. I'm just gonna create some random shit. Mm. You know. But in that randomness it's like it kinda like, oh that's so that's kinda what I was feeling. Mm. It's weird, you know, like it came out of you regardless. No matter what you're doing, you know, that's the authentic you. Just like you said, if you're sitting down and watching T V and don't feel like doing shit and just feel like down, right? It's like that's you that's who you are in that moment and like you said you don't gotta like it but putting that out there and you know making sure that you're able to release yourself able to express yourself i think that's very important you know one of my theme song for this fucking podcast right it all stemmed from just me feeling a certain emotion me feeling like damn like i'm fucking i'm hurt right i'm hurt and sad and you know the lyrics are ask me can i love the same because that day it was valentine's day bro i was going through it it was just like i hit up my homie i'm like yo let's go to the studio he put on he was making a beat he had this one vocal in there if you listen you can hear it and that's when i was like ask me can i love the same and it was it was my release of that emotion right i felt anger i felt hurt and i felt i felt sad overall too and it's like you know the verse was mad but the lyrics and the chorus were the realest thing that i could fucking think of right because at the end of the day it's like you got to be okay with who you are and you got to be in tune with your emotions and okay with expressing yourself because if you're not you sit there and you live with that you live with those feelings of anger sadness depression it's like who's that helping that's not helping you right who gives a fuck what somebody else has to say about it because you're being productive with it you're the one dealing with it essentially mm-hmm. you know and nobody can tell you how to deal with it you know, they can be there for you. They can, you know, if it's needed, I guess, they can guide you. But there's no right or wrong answer. You're the one dealing with it. You're the one going through it. You know, I think that um, the hardest thing with all of that is no one gets to tell you how you feel, right? But you also get to decide what you want, whether it is you're fighting to get over it or you're done fighting, you know? And I think that's a, that's a hard reality that nobody wants to face. It's one of those decisions of, just like you said, let's, I'm going to keep fighting or I'm not. And it's okay to feel like that, right? That's that's the thing is that people don't say it's okay. People will tell you like, oh, no, you're going to get better. Oh, no, everything's going to turn out just how you expect it to or just how you want it to. 
but that's not the reality because things don't just fucking happen things don't just magically turn around one day and you don't magically feel better you got to put in that work to reach that point of okay i feel okay now i want to keep doing this i want to make things happen for me and for the people around me and it whatever your motivation is right it's not let me do it because people want me to you could do that for so long until one day it's like i need to want to do this otherwise i can't anymore shit that's kind of what happened to me you know i think um for a long time people have known me as like oh we you know you know he does this he does that you know he can offer this and this and mind you i love it bro i love my i love what i do i love what i you know i love my business i love my family i love my clients i love everything that i do I never thought I'd get to a point where, like, I had got to a point where, like, nothing mattered anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Everyone's telling me, but, like, damn, but that's your business. But that's your money. That's how, like, how are you going to, I'm like, you think I don't know that? I know that. That didn't change how I feel about things. Because I stopped thinking as things as, like, um, as, you know, this is what's making, fulfill me or going to, you know, like my mindset had changed. My mindset, my mindset had changed completely, essentially, and it's difficult to go through that, especially being someone who is a who provides a service for people. Mm-hmm. Because to them, it's like, well, I'm trying to fucking, I'm trying to do this, you know, job with you, or I'm trying to do this with you, and I'm trying to do that with you. I, you know, I'm like, how would you? How come you're not dropping no shirts? How come you're not doing that? Like, and it's like. Because I'm not doing it for you guys no more. You know what I mean? I'm doing it because I want to do it, and I need to do it because I want to do it. And if I don't want to do it, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's just point blank, period. And it sucks to think that way because essentially it's like sometimes you get to a point where like, all right, well, you never thought you'd get to a point where nothing else mattered. But when you get to that point, it's like, what did I work hard for all these years? What was the point of that? You know what I mean? Like, what, what, what really is the point of that? Mm-hmm. If the shit that mattered to you are gonna be gone or like they're not gonna be there no more type shit. Yeah. So when you get to that point and that realization shit's crazy, dude. It's like it's like uh you don't wanna be depressed, but you can't help it. What was it that you felt was gonna make you happy, right? Because you like you said, you had all these things and all these things that you felt like would make you happy, they didn't anymore. Hope. Hope, hope that. Hope that I could still be happy. You know, like, or I could find some type of peace with what I'm doing. I guess a lot of years in my life, especially growing up, and and mind you, this is all I have to do with the entitled shit, everything too. You know, like I had this mentality where it's like I'm entitled to this. I want to fucking make money. I'm, I'm entitled. I'm entitled. Like all this shit, right? And then you get to a point in your life where it's like, man, is money really that important to me? Like, is it really that important to me? Or is or is love and respect and, you know, genuine connection more important to me? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And mind you, it's not saying that you can't have both. It's what I'm saying to me is that, like, sometimes at least in my case, right, I think that I always chose money over connection. 
just because I knew I wanted to be that person where I was like, you know, I want to have, I need to be able to, you know, I, I need to have money. You know, I need, I want to do this, I want to do that, and this and that, because I wanted to be successful. But that's not what success is necessarily. You know what I mean? Like, money doesn't make you successful. You know, like, shit, I feel like being, being happy makes you successful. If you're happy doing whatever it is you're doing, you know, like you're genuine and being like, I'm happy doing this. Like, this is what I want to do right now. Then you're successful. I think that's definitely the secret, right? Is that, you know, you got to find what will make you happy and what what will fulfill you in life, right? I think that that's the misconception that people take these materialistic things or they have these ideas of what's going to make them happy. Like, you know, just like we were talking about fame, right? My first episode was, would you want to be famous? And I made that a year and a half ago. And at the time, I was like, hell yeah, I want to be famous. Hell yeah, that shit's going to make me happy. Being known by everybody is going to make me fucking happy, right? And then you learn, you you start to realize, like, these people don't love me. Just like you said, these people don't love me for me. They don't love me for what I, for who I am. They just really do love me for what I do. And that's never going to change because now I'm this person that is going to continue doing what I do and people are just going to continue to love me more and more for that. But look at the messages that I'm spreading. Look at what I'm saying to all these people, every single interview, all these new people that I talk to, what's missing in their life. The question that I ask is what's weighing heavy on your mind. And that's because most likely whatever's weighing heavy on their mind is what's missing currently for them. Right. A lot of people will say mental health. A lot of people will say, what's the purpose in life? Because they're missing that purpose in life. A lot of people are missing those relationships that they once had that they don't have anymore. And I've been there, right? My first fucking few episodes, I wrote those. I wrote every single episode. I found somebody that was like, are you down? I'm down. All right, hop on and let me talk. You can just bounce off of me. Yeah. Eventually, I just learned that, like, What's going to make me happy is actually having people that give a fuck about me. What's going to make me happy is, like, building these connections that I make with people because I get to talk to some of the coolest people in the fucking world, right? I get to sit down and talk with you about some shit that you probably only talk to your closest people about, right? Right. And this is probably, you know, this could get watched by 100, 200 people, but at the end of the day, like, we're going to post the clips. We're going to post. People are going to see what you felt. Nobody's going to reach out to you. And that's that's the sad reality, right? You, one second, my bad. You don't expect people to reach out. That's the thing, right? It doesn't matter if they do it because to you, this is what you feel, and it's good to be able to do it, right? But that's what I'm saying. Like, you could say the fucking, you could say anything. Your art can express whatever you want. And people will resonate with it, but nobody's going to ask the creator, damn, what the fuck? Why'd you make that? What are you going through? And just like we said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who asked, but it's still like nobody's listening. I think it's not, I I mean, like I said, it's not that nobody's listening. I think that everyone is stuck in their own way, their own personal hell to a certain degree, Mm -hmm. being honest, right? Um, it's hard to, it's, I, I, I learned it the hard way. Like it's hard to sympathize with someone 
when you're going through a lot of shit yourself, right? But it's it, it's like the saying goes, right? Give that person their flowers when they're here, not when they're gone. Because when they're gone, now you want to fucking remember all the good times. Now you want to remember all the fucking shit. You remember all this shit, right? But you can't do nothing about it. And then you start to realize that it doesn't take a lot out of you to do the bare minimum, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's uh, one of the biggest things that I see with everybody right now. It's like, we all, we, everyone goes through shit. I would never sit here and be like, what I'm going through is harder than what you're going through. Because it's not. You know what I mean? Everybody has their own way of viewing things, their own way of fucking feeling things. You know, whatever it is they're going through, they're going through it. The difference is that just because we're going through it doesn't mean we can't empathize with each other, we can't sympathize with each other, you know what I mean? I think that that's what's lost so much in between ourselves. It's like we are we go through what we go through. We feel it so heavy that we forget to realize that there's so many people around us that love us that if you were to tell them, hey, bro, you know, I love you, I miss you, like, I hope you're good. You probably could have changed that that person's entire day, mm-hmm. right? And I know it sounds so crazy because you you will be like, well, no one tells me that, right? And it's like no one tells you that. Why? Because how many people do you tell that to? You want people to empathize to you and sympathize for your for your feelings and your fucking whatever you're going through. How many people have you empathized and sympathized for their feelings and what they're going through? You know, no. and I think that makes a big difference. You know, like you want that, first put it out on the put it out on the universe. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you know, I like just even this last fucking birthday, bro. Like I got so many messages, so many fucking messages. Bro, I got a message from you, mm-hmm. and it's crazy because it's like, bro, we really don't know each other like that. I got messages from people that I really don't know, and I was confused. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, yo, these, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like, and it just made me feel. It filled me up with so much like love because it was just like, bro, these people did not do that shit. Mm-hmm. They don't owe me nothing. They don't see their like, shit. Like, people, some of these people have seen me one time in my life, and they said happy birthday to me, you know. But then it just goes to show, it's just like, yo, like that energy that you're putting out in the world is coming back to you. You know, it don't have to be. It doesn't have to be with money. It doesn't have to be with anything else. It has to be with honestly what you want and what you need in that life in that moment. And that's all. All it was was love. Yeah, that's some real shit. And I think that spreading love and you know showing that to people is just like you said when they're here. That's the most important thing. You have a great support system as well, right? You have a lot of people that do love you, but you have a very specific group of people that love you even more, right? Um, now I took a song from Drake. It's called The Remorse. He says, friends that dedicated their life to keeping me intact, hard to pay 40, pay Noel, pay Nico back. And I took that right because everybody has those friends that it's like you'd never be able to repay them for what they've done for you. You've never you'll never be able to repay them for the support that they just give you that that mental and emotional support. And right now, like immediately, I think of Vic. Shout out Vic for his 61th shout out whatever 61st right but you got los desvelados right los desvelados that's your family you know they're more than a group of friends they're your brothers bro i'll be i'll be honest man like i got desvelados shit my family just got 10 times bigger because 
shit originally like i said like my main my, my, my fucking main homies and shit that i started this all shit i was shout out my boy fresco he's the first person to ever like really pushed me into this thing right so shout out my boy fresco he put me on and then after him and mind you i'm still cool with these people like like even though people think that we don't they don't just because they don't see me out with them they don't see me doing collabs with them or working with them or hanging out with them or probably like that doesn't mean we're not cool we're like we hang out we talk about real shit all the fucking time you know what i mean like I know everything about his life and we help each other in a real way like where that it's crazy because it's like it's like it's real real friendship real brotherhood so fresco my homie fucking dave slackers all the slackers bro they've man they've supported me like crazy mm-hmm. when i first started like all my brand clothing brand shit bro all the pop-ups all the events you know like fucking joey's family fucking torres and shit you know desolados like it's Every, bro, it's it's crazy. Like I don't. It, it's so much to say about them because it's like I think we care about each other so much that it's past like oh you're a part of this or you're part of that. So like it's just different. Like nah, dude. You know what I mean? Like it it's it all kind of coincides all in one. You know what I mean? Like together, everybody just fucks with each other, and I have. You know, again, like I said, I'm 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 a desolado, and I got Coolie, I got fucking Cheech, Buddha, fucking damn, I can name everybody. But how did you get involved with them? So that that was the first question, right? How did you get involved with them? I was a very familiar face, just off the bat, and mind you, my homie Liddy, um, DJ Ana, whatever Liddy, Liddy Montana, he was already a desolado. So it was hard for me, for them not to see me. Liddy's my best friend. Like, fuck, I've known Liddy since elementary school, you know? Like, bro, I'm telling you, when I say like his mom, fucking like, that's my second mom, dude. Like, you know, like that's my mom. Like, I mean, a lot of people could say they know Liddy, but not a lot of people could say that like, they could just go to her crib and just hang out and, you know what I mean? Like, your mom knows my whole, like, my sister, everybody. Mm-hmm. We grew up together. We're kids. So it's like, Liddy was already this lado, and they had no choice but to see me around everywhere they went. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think a part of that was also, like, them seeing me around and also seeing my boy Moon around. You know? Shit, it was like, we're, we, it was a trio. It was like, we came as a package everywhere we went all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I think? And uh, I think that's what it was. You know, at the time, C's, he was also 3, uh, 3 a.m., and that was like that started like a little kind of creative. It started as a graph crew, but then it turned into like a creative crew, mm-hmm. you know. And then everybody was kind of doing their thing. Are you three a.m.? I forgot. Yeah, yeah, bro. I think we we have been doing this for years, man. We were kids. We were little kids, bro. Like for real, for real, we were kids. We were like fucking fifteen, sixteen years old, mm-hmm. and we kind of had this vision of like we all like what we do. We all like we're all into music. We're all into art. We're all into this. We're all into that. Like, fuck it, let's just let's just work together, take over. You know, obviously shit happened or whatever, boom, boom, but um again that's how I met C's and like lit, lit obviously Liddy was my friend already, so it's like C's came in the picture and then through them I met like everybody else. And it's funny because like I already knew everybody else to a certain degree because we'd be at house parties or whatever, whatever. And I'd see them, but we never talk, you know. And it just got to a point where it's like, bro, we see each other so much. Like, 
we're around each other so much. Why the fuck should we not all just like be cool with each other, be be part of a big ass group together? You know, mm-hmm. I think that's just how it came about, really. You know. So for you, how have they helped you deal with your tough mental battles? You know, shout out to a lot of them, bro, for real, because I think they've uh, they they were they've been there for me as far as as far as I allowed them to be. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, I'm not a very open person. I don't really talk about what I'm feeling or what I'm going through in those moments, but there hasn't been a time or a day or whatever where if they saw some real concern, they didn't reach out. And they were just, you know, showing their love and letting me know that I, you know, that they're there for me type shit. And I think, realistically, I, I, don't, I don't need more than that. I'm cool with that. The reason I asked that, right, is because, you know, like I was telling you earlier, there's a lot of holes within this group. And I feel like overall everybody in the group has that missing piece in them, right? Cool mentioned his dad, Cease Days. Cease's dad as well. You lost your two best friends. I feel like overall that group, you know, even Santos, right? Santos, his dad's not able to be around. He didn't lose them, but he lost them as a presence around them all the time. And I feel like definitely all of you have this hole that, you know, it's not fillable. It'll never be able to be filled. But when you guys come together, you're all able to. We're there for each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're there for each other in that sense. The song that I took was from Nico, Nico Supremo. Gone. I mentioned this song a lot, but I love it because I think that it really does capture that feeling of when somebody leaves, right? It's just seeing you take your last breath. Now I'm lost. I don't see a clear path to move on because day to day I can't see your face. Rather be you than be me and switch places. And it's like, damn, like for real, like day to day I can't see your face. And that's just one of those tough things that you got to deal with. And for you, you said grief. Grief is something that's been tough for you to deal with, right? So, first, I want you to share one of your, you know, favorite memories with both uh, Liddy and Moon. Me and my homie Matt pulled up to my homie Crystal's crib, or actually his crib, because they, they're neighbors. Um, and we had brought some, like, Albanian dro, you know, like, for the little kids. We were, like, fucking 13 or 12 or some shit. And we had some Albanian dro. But mind you... It's the first time I had ever took a Zan. So I had popped a Zan, and I was already kind of feeling it, whatever. And then I had shown up to their crib, and we were chilling on the fucking steps. And we all started smoking, whatever. Um, I ended up falling asleep on the fucking steps of the porch. Not like a porch where, like, you know, people can't get to. Like, bro, like, right, like, literally a random, like, a regular house. The porch, bro. <laughs> like I'm on the like everyone can see me knocked out. Like everybody who drives past the fucking street can see me knocked the fuck out. Man. And they left me there, bro. They fucking left me there. I woke up like at two in the morning, and I walked downstairs. Everybody was knocked out on the couches and shit. And I was like, bro, what the fuck's wrong with y'all? Y'all left me out here. How they leave your ass outside? Because they said the that, Because they tried to wake me up. They tried to wake me up. I was and high and I was off the Zan. Like I was gone, bro. Like gone. They, and I, none I, of them could pick you up. They probably could have, but they were just like, fuck it, leave his ass right there. Like, it was funny as hell. That was one of the good times. If not that, bro, anytime we were at fucking, um, anytime we were at fucking uh, exit. What lesson did you learn from them, right? 
either Moon or Liddy, and how do you carry that with you to this day? Before I tell you that, the best memory I have with Moon was a warehouse party that we went to where we took a bottle of Jameson and some Monster, and we got there, and they, like, offered us weed, so we smoked. And then my homie's boy showed up, and he gave his ex. So we rolled, and we were off all types of shit. And then um, I tried driving home. I drove over a median. He said he was I was too drunk to drive, so he's like, I'm going to take the car. So I'm like, cool, 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 I'm fucked up. So I tried falling asleep. He gets in the car, and when he gets in the car, he like fucking, you know those uh, construction safety signs? He hit one of them. We were too fucked up to even care. We were just laughing a lot. One of the lessons that, that Liddy taught me was definitely like, I guess like don't close your doors. And by that I mean like, Liddy was the type of person, man, he was cool with everyone. He was cool in the sense of like, there's no real reason not to be, you know? Like, you're only gonna get as far as you ask and he really taught me to be very open to meeting new people and getting cool with them and being friends and being, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because that's the person he was, bro. People loved him just because he was, he was, he was just an outgoing individual, bro. Like super outgoing. Talked to everybody. He was cool. Everybody made everybody laugh. He was just the fucking best. And that was honestly one of the things he taught me, you know? Tell me that and always, like, if you're doing something, bring your homies along. You know, people don't know that Liddy was, like, whenever I did a DJ, like, an event, I mean, like, any pop-up, any any solo event or, like, a, a whatever, any, when I did the fucking boat, whatever, Liddy, Liddy was the entitled DJ. That was, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the main homie, you know? And he, he did it all for me for out of love, you know? So that's why, you know, I have all those videos of him fucking DJing at all my parties. And man, Moon honestly taught me loyalty, bro. Like, I don't know anybody more loyal to me. I'm telling you, Moon was my best friend. Like, when I mean best friend, we went through some shit together. And, uh, shit. Moon was that dude that, man, Moon called me at three in the morning and said, yo, I need you to pick me up. I don't ask questions, bro. I don't ask questions. Just tell me where you're at. I don't give a fuck what I'm doing. I don't give a fuck shit. I could be, and, I have attested it, attested to this. Like I don't give a fuck if I am with a girl. Like I'm out, I'm gone. That's my brother. That's my, that's my blood. That's like everything that I give a fuck about. Mm -hmm. So, and it was always the same way with me. Yeah. You know, like that was that was my ride or die, no matter what. Sad boys, man. I've never been almost close to tears on this show until seeing you talk about these two, bro. And I'm like, damn, bro. Like, we've talked about a lot of shit on here, bro. So that's why I'm like, I, I could see it in you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I see that that there is this hole, and this hole is obviously fresh, and it it's not like it gets easy right away, right? I think one of the hardest things that I had to deal with in that time period, um, when, um, so a lot of people don't know this, but when, both Anum, Liddy, and Moon passed away. Um, I was also dealing with my dad, you know, and his cancer. 
So, like, this shit was just, it's like a fucking three-in-one package, bro. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Right after, uh, right after Moon passed, I had to have a really hard conversation with my pops, you know? And it was like, um, you know, like, what's gonna happen when he's gone? And I think that message or that conversation that I had with him kind of what spiraled, like, me to start questioning what life was supposed to be. You know, lucky, right. luckily for me, luckily for him, you know, and for him, you know, in January of this year, his cancer uh, went to remission. And he's okay now. Mm-hmm. But that shit was hard, bro. She was a fucking... Like, I think that, like, losing your best friend and then, like, having that conversation with your pops because like, you think something's just going to happen is a fucking difficult conversation to have. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, I know, you know, shout out my homies. A lot of my homies have lost their dads, have lost their moms, have lost, you know, so I know they get it, you know? And, like, in, in that time period, I was just thinking, I'm like, I just lost my best fucking friends. I don't want to lose my dad, too. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to, I don't want to lose a fucking trio of people that I love, you know what I'm saying? Because that's just going to, like, break me. Um, so I think that, that shit, that shit will fucking, that shit will do something to you, bro. That shit will do something to you, whether it's, like, whether it puts you in a dark place or whether it fucking, you know, you're just trying to find an outlet to some shit, it'll put you in a dark, like, it'll put you somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then that shit will kind of perspective, like, your entire life of what you, what matters and what doesn't matter. So that's where that emotionalist came from, right? No, actually. Ah, fuck, man. See, See I thought I thought it was that. All right, go ahead. Tell them why emotionless. Emotionless came from a feeling that I was just going through. Who hurt you, bro? Who didn't? I'm just kidding. Like that, like that. Who didn't? Uh, nah, you know what? I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, and I take full responsibility for all those mistakes I made in my life. You know, people I hurt, people I've done, you know, shit to, uh, relationship-wise, friendships-wise, all that type of shit, but. We all did. Take a shot for that, bro. Honestly. <laughs> While I pull up a lyric. For sure, for sure. So when you said that, right, that mistakes part, I immediately thought of the song I was listening to on the way here, No er, No More Interviews by Big Sean, where he says, my mistakes are my biggest professors and learning life lessons. I realize it ain't what you have, it's what you feel. That's what the true success is. I am the one of one after me, there's no successor. Your mistakes are always gonna be your biggest teachers, right? what you did wrong, what you did right, and where you could be better, right? But go ahead, finish that emotionless thing real quick. The thing with the emotionless thing was just a feeling that I felt as far as like feeling numb. Um, I had gotten to a point uh, prior to, I mean, we all, everyone faces their own fucking demons, right? Their own fucking addictions and shit like that. Um, there had been a point where I was addicted to some shit and, you know, uh, I guess because I was for a minute, I thought, you know, I, I just didn't feel nothing, you know, for a lot of things, for a lot of things that I did. So when I came out with Emotionless, it was kind of just one of those things. It's like, it's crazy for me that I can sit here and I can smile, I can laugh, I can, you know, make people feel loved, but they don't even realize that I don't feel any of those things. Like I don't, I'm just doing it because I know, I think it's right. You know, I think that's what I'm supposed to do. And I think 
me doing the emotionless things was specifically that. You know, I was like, it's hard for me to care about something when I really don't. I really don't. Especially with everything that was going on at the time. It was a rough time. It was definitely a rough time, man. It was just one of those years where, like, mind you, I was in a relationship at the time, but it sucks. And I, and I, and I go back and I look at it now, it's like, I, even if, as much as I cared, it's, I, I'd never, I could never have given that person the, you know, what they needed. Yeah, the love and attention and affection that they probably needed because, realistically speaking, you know, I just wasn't all there. I was never all there. Like, me- I feel like I was always mentally somewhere else, and that's how that's always been a very big problem of mine. Where it's like, I just been, like, I shut off completely. I felt that I, because there was, for me, there was a situation where when, um, when my grandma, one of my grandmas passed away, and then we found out, like, a week later, the other one had cancer, right? And I was talking to this girl, and I was just starting this up, too. So I told her, I'm like, I I don't have time. I appreciate you being around. I appreciate everything you do for me. But at the end of the day, like, you are not my number one priority. Right. She never understood that shit. She never understood, like, that she's not going to get what she needed. And I told her, if you find somebody that is willing to give you more than I am, by all means, take that. Because I promise you they'll give you more than I can and I want to. And some people will sit here and be like, damn, you're an asshole. Damn, why would you do that? No, it's not being an asshole. It's making sure that they're not wasting their time because at the end of the day, like, I can't. I can't do it. Right. No, I mean, and that's just being completely honest, bro. Like, it's being very real and authentic. Some, I think people have this idea that like you're gonna things are gonna be perfect you know because it's like like specifically in relationships right people have this idea like all right cool you're gonna like somebody they're gonna you know oh like you're gonna build on that it's gonna be great it's gonna be perfect it's like oh my god i like you too we like each other and like there'd never be no problems right that's it but it's like how the fuck does that make sense because I look at, and mind you, like I said, this is a relationship I have my, my my fucking, you know, my best friend. Bro, when I first met Moon, I hated his ass. And he didn't like me either. And when I say we hated each other, bro, like, we hated each other to the point where, like, on some little kid shit, he had a birthday party in sixth grade, and he didn't invite me. Because he didn't like me. He's, he literally said, bro, he, had, he was handing out invitations outside of school, after school. And he's like, oh, no, like, you know, I'm like, you're not invited. And I was like, well, I didn't want to go anyways. Like, straight up, like, some little kid-ass shit. Like, it was crazy. Um, and then one day we were, in, we were in gym, and it was like we were playing kickball. So I'm at first base, and he just ran to first base. He kicked the ball, ran first base. And he tells me, he's like, He's like, oh, I'm going to steal the base. I'm like, bro, I swear to God, once you start running, I'm going to trip the fuck out of you. I'm going to trip the fuck out of you. And he said, no, you're not. No, you're not, bro. I swear to God, everything I love, I'm going to trip the fuck out of you. And yeah, bro, as soon as he said, bro, I tripped the fuck out of his ass. He fucking flew like five feet straight up, straight to the floor, slammed everything, and I was cracking the fuck up. And mind you, like, people look at that like, oh, you're so fucking mean. Like, you're a bully. You're this and that, this and that, whatever. 
but people don't get it. Like, it was, it was the same. It was, it was just like he was his authentic self. He, if he didn't like something about me, he never held back. He told me exactly what the fuck it was he didn't like about me. He told me to my fucking face, and we fought a few times, bro. We fought a bunch of times. After we fought, it was just like, all right, cool, bro. You got me. You got you, you know you you got me on this one. And then we just go hang out and eat a fucking burger or something. You know what I'm saying? And the way I say that is the saying is like a lot of people fight with their parents, right? They still love them though. You know, you don't have to agree with everything that the person you love says or does. That doesn't mean you can't love them. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's a very big thing and a very big lesson that I learned later on in life or me getting a little bit older now. You know, where it's like, um, love is what you view it as because people can say they love you, you know, then people can prove they love you. That's a big one. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people can say they, oh yeah, I love that person. Oh, I love this. I love that. Yeah, other people can prove they love you, cause they don't miss a fucking day. They don't miss a chance. They don't miss. They they couldn't fathom like not being there for that person. And I think that's when I started to, you know, really realize and take people's words and actions for two different things. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I have a lot of people, you know, like, hey, you know, people are cordial, people are nice, and that's cool, you know, but it's their actions that really fucking matter. It's that action of like, yo, like, are you gonna be there for me even when you know I don't need you to be, just cause you wanna be, you know? Then that's just like, damn, okay, cool, that's the level we're at, you know? And I just take that for like, for face value, really. You know, that's how somebody's going to ride for me. Then I'm going to ride for them like that. And to add on to that, like, love is a choice. To love somebody is a choice. Just like loving yourself is a choice, right? You wake up every day and you got to choose to love somebody. It's never just enough to say that. Just like you said, to say it. Every day you got to wake up and you got to choose to either love that person or not. Right. And just like you said, a lot of people think that it's as easy as... I feel this for you and you feel this for me, so let's make it work. So it's going to work automatically. It's going to be perfect. Everything's going to work out just like how we say it's going to work out. But what about when you do have that argument? What about when somebody does do something that isn't right? Love has a lot of levels, man, a lot of fucking levels, you know? And um It just depends on how much you actually love the person to see what you're willing to do for them. Let's take it back a little bit, right? We hit love, we hit grief, we hit, you know, all these feelings that people don't express. But there's a lot people don't really know about you, right? In Western Road Flows, Drake says, feel like I never say much, but there's a lot to know. That's literally what you were saying, right? You don't say much. You don't you don't post. You don't talk about a lot of things. And you're literally the hardest motherfucker to find shit on, right? I'm telling you, when I did... Even Santos, like, you could find something on Santos, right? This dude, you could not find anything other than the fact that he owns a business and he printed my shit. Um, so go ahead and talk about that a little bit, man. Your recent hiatus from social media, you know, I noticed. Just so you know, I noticed. 
But your recent hiatus from social media, you know, what made you take the step back? I don't think I, I didn't necessarily want to take the step back. I think I forced myself more than anything. I um, I found a lot of shit overwhelming, like whether it be work, whether it be the brand, just even into even even this. I'm talking overwhelming to the point where like even the smallest interactions was like knowing that I had to respond to somebody because they like you know. They said they said my shit was dope, and I I just I just couldn't find the energy to respond to be like thank you, you know. It made me realize that like as shitty as I felt, you know, I had to get myself all together because it started to affect um, outside of the, just the brand life where everybody sees. It started to affect like my personal life where. You know, my mom could see it, my my dad could see it, my sister could see it, my my cousins, you know. Me taking that hiatus was definitely one of those things where I was like, you know what, for once in my life, for once, I have to sit down and decide. I don't care what happens anymore. I need to figure out what, if I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I need to make sure that I'm okay. I need to talk to myself. I need to figure out shit. I have been going to therapy For about a year already at that point you know I've been going to I even before even before moon pass I had been going to therapy November of 2020 so a minute you know and it's crazy I went to therapy specifically because um, I wanted to be okay I wanted to be you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, you know you're a good person. You know you you want to be a good person. But you don't feel like a good person. So you want to understand what the fuck that's about. So I went to therapy just wanting to figure myself out more. Of like who I am as a person. Why I act as the way I Why I do what I do. How I can be an even better person for myself and for everybody else. Shit, but nothing prepares you for that kind of shit, bro. It's like nothing. You know, it's like... Um, losing my best friends, I think that I didn't get a chance to mourn them only because when I lost Anum or Liddy, um, I, the first thing I could think about, I was like, man, I got to make some shirts to raise up some money for his mom. You know, like, I got to be there for his mom as much as I can you know like mind you I know that to everybody else it's not they might not have that connection that I have with her or his family but for me like that's it's important you know and I think hard uh, one of the hardest things that I had with that was outside of just dealing with having to figure out what I'm going to do when you know Liddy passed away to help his mom and help his brother and help just his family in general was also like also make sure that I help Moon because Moon that was also his best friend, you know what I'm saying? So like he was also going through it. He was he was super super depressed. So I was so worried about dealing with that and like the money and Moon and making sure Moon didn't do nothing stupid. That like I never really got a chance to grieve Liddy 
as much as I wanted to or I should have grieved them. Um, fast forward, you know, Moon passes away. At that point, I just feel like, shit, everything's lost. You know, like I'm over here trying to make sure that I'm everything, I'm, I'm good for everybody else. I lose Moon. I'm just like, I don't know what to do no more. That same period, that same, actually same week, you know, my dad has that, you know, issue with the whole cancer thing. And uh, it had just gotten horrible. It got worse. I was going to the hospital every week. And, you know, we, it got weird. Like, no, no son wants to have that conversation with their dad. Like, you know, we're like, all right, Nico, like, if something happens to me. I need you to do this. I need you to take care of things. I need you to, you know, it's like, it's, it's crazy because it's weird, but it's like, it's, nobody's prepared for that. Nobody's prepared for that realization of like, holy shit, like this can actually happen. Another very, very, very important person in my life passed away. He was actually the grandfather of my ex. It was, it was the first relationship, first serious relation that I had ever had, essentially. Uh, I had been in a nine-year relationship at that, you know, with that girl, and her family was very important to me. And her grandfather passed like a few weeks, not even shit, maybe like maybe a month after. And uh, they had contacted me to be the pallbearer, because he, you know, that's what he would he would have wanted. You know, mind you, she has a boyfriend and everything like that too, right? So he was also a pallbearer. But. It's just it's it's out of respect, you know. Like I had been around her family for so many years, you know. So it was so that was another whole fucking thing. I was just like, holy shit, like this is not getting any fucking better. So by the time it came to 2022, and I'm I'm over here like trying to drop things, trying to release items, trying to be super productive so that nobody can see, like nobody can, you know. I guess like trying to distract myself from what I was actually feeling. I got to a point where like I couldn't no more, and I had to literally just be like, you know what, I'm not. That's it. I'm done. I didn't even know at that point. Like I didn't even know if I was done with the brand completely, because that's what I felt like I was. I didn't know if I was done with business. I was gonna be like literally just fucking quit everything. I was just done with everything. That's like a scary point to get to. It was. I was fucking terrified. Stop giving a fuck about everything. Um. And uh. Yeah, I think I think for like that point I was just kind of like I need to, I need time for myself without without expectations from people, without demands, without feeling like I owe anybody anything. Couldn't do it. So what would you say brought you out of that? I don't know if it was was it the hope or what was it that brought you out of that? My family, a lot, my hope. You know, like, I'm not a religious person. I tell this to people all the time. I'm not a religious person, but I pray a lot. I pray. I only pray because when I was younger, you know, um, I, I, shit, I, I hated going to church. I suck, at, I suck at church. Not really about the religion shit, but I pray because when I was younger, when I pray, I don't know who I'm praying to, but I've always felt like when I pray, I have somebody watching over me 
So just prayed a lot, dude. Prayed a lot. Um, I still pray every day. But a part of me believes that this isn't it for me. I've managed to be a support system for my family for many years. Be, you know, a a rock for a lot of people. So it's like, I don't think this is it. I, I believe in myself a lot more than, you know, than not, I guess. So I think that, you know, like, I don't really know what I'm destined for, but I know that I, I know that I can give more. I'm thinking part of that, that's what keeps me so hopeful, like, fuck it, like, I gotta keep going. Even if, even if it's not, like, at the level that I, I can do at the time, but I, I gotta keep going. Can't just give up. That's where I'm at. I'm just going right now. It's such a powerful statement, right? That I want to end with that. I want to leave people with that message. And just so they know, like, you got to keep going, right? If And it's not for anybody else. It's for you. Like I said, like I tell you before, like, people, man, shit, there's people that have it way worse than I do, right? Mm. I guess the difference between the each person is how much hope they really have. How much they actually believe that, and it's crazy because it's like, as crazy as it sounds, it's like how much they actually believe that they can actually get out of that, you know? And the more I think about it, it's like, damn, that's all entitled was ever been, you know, that's all entitled ever was. Mm -hmm. How much do you actually believe that you can achieve what you're actually gonna do? I actually have one thing that I want to say, right? Is that there's a song that my boy made, his name's Aragon, I interviewed him early on. It's called Get My Mind Right, where, he talks about having to take a step away from people because I need to get my mind right. I need to, you know, I'll, I'll pull up the lyric real quick. You ain't heard from me, ain't heard from you. You ain't felt the changes in my demeanor the way that I do. Living with a daily struggle a little different than you, but it's cool, calm, collected, and flexing with every move. It's just one of those things, right? You don't, you don't see the changes that are going on with me. You don't see the problems going on with me. And you'll never understand that because I live with this. I live with how I feel and everything that I see and that I do, it's like I'm the only one that can feel that. And just like we said earlier, those negative emotions you have, it's okay to feel those things. It's okay to feel like like that depression is beating your ass, like that anger that you hold. It's okay to feel angry and, you know, find a healthy way to release it. And it's just one of those things that, you know, a lot of people won't tell you, a lot of people won't say is that those negative emotions are bad, that you can't feel that, but it's all about human nature, and until you realize that those negative emotions are going to help you and help you grow, and when you take a step back and you learn from that, and you learn how to deal with it, and how to be who you are in the most healthy way possible, and I think that, you know, that was a journey that you definitely went through, that you took, and Man, I really appreciate you coming here and really sharing those stories, sharing those lessons, and just being, you know, the true authentic self that you are. And, man, we the question wasn't why entitled, who is entitled, but you showed us, you know, what entitled is, and you gave us, you know, the message behind it. And you truly, I feel like you almost kind of figured it out yourself right now when you were like, that's all entitled ever was, you know? It's like, I don't know, man. It's just crazy. It's, it's life. Like, 
appreciate you for having me, you know, on here and shit. My pleasure, bro. And like I said, I really, I'm really looking forward to, you know, continuing these conversations, and I appreciate it, honestly. I wish I could have found some fucking, like, top secret shit that I didn't <laughs> know and just, like, surprised you because that, that's one of my favorite things when I find some out some shit about somebody and they don't realize I know and then just surprise them with that shit. They're like, how do you know that? Don't worry, you can ask me off camera. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, that's going to be all for today. Thank you for watching. Long ass episode, but shit, it was a good one. Go ahead, like, comment, subscribe. Sad boys for real. Peace out. This is Sad Boy Radio. Pieces, who's to blame?